up you guys welcome back to another review slash review roundup slash i tell you things about this game that you want to hear about so today we are going to be talking about the pokemon brilliant diamond slash shining pearl games for the nintendo switch now as you know they are the remakes of Pokemon Diamond and Pokemon Pearl for the Nintendo DS. It's been a while since those have come out, but it's alright girl. I got you covered, don't worry. Now, before I begin, I want to thank our sponsors, JList and Crunchyroll and Japan Crate. Y'all amazing, y'all talented, brilliant, incredible, show-stopping, all those things, you know? And I would also like to thank Pokemon Company and Nintendo for the code. Thank you so very much. We are forever grateful for that and I cannot express my gratitude enough. Now, let's get into this, shall we? So, if you have not played any Pokemon games in the past, which, girl, catch up. Pokemon Brilliant Diamond slash Shining Pearl. This uh, review, by the way, covers Brilliant Diamond. Now, in Pokemon Brilliant Diamond, as in most Pokemon games, what you really do is you choose your starter Pokemon, uh, and you basically aim to catch them all to like fully complete the Pokedex. It's a it's a digital encyclopedia. That's what it is for whichever professor you meet at the at the very beginning. Anywho, now apart from the fact that you are traveling the region, trying to find as much data as possible about the Pokemon that you're surrounded by, you will also run into a lot of gym leaders that you're going to, of course, try and defeat because you, you know, like, those gym badges are like really beautiful and quite frankly, you'll probably also need them if you want to level up your Pokemon because at some point if they're like too high level they will not listen to any to you anymore so make sure to do that and of course what would a Pokemon game be without a team of villains so in Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl you got Team Galactic I will not be going too much into detail because I don't want to give it away for anybody who's planning to play the game, but their general goal is to create a new world order. How they're going to do that, as I mentioned, you're going to have to find it for yourself, but you will encounter them various times, and you're going to have to beat them in battle with your Pokemon, obviously. Apart from the whole um, beating Team Galactic thing though, the concept of Pokemon is pretty simple. You explore a world, you encounter Pokemon, you either um, fight them or catch them. You encounter a lot of different um, trainers who are going to ask to fight you. And you can also trade with other trainers. Both the fighting and the trading also apply to uh, trainers worldwide. So in Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, you can connect to your Wi-Fi and basically fight any of your friends online or trade your Pokemon with them or just, you know, hang out with them in the online lobby. Compared to Pokemon Diamond and Pearl, aka the originals for the yes, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl bring a new type of graphics or visuals so you don't have like the uh, tiny DS graphics anymore but instead you now have the chibi graphics, you know, like uh, small characters with bigger 
your heads while you explore the world. And when you're in battle, you'll see uh, refined 3D models, both of the trainers that you encounter, but also the Pokemon that are participating in battle. Now, before I go into any further detail about the differences between the remakes and the original games, we are going to take a quick, a real quick ad break. Surprise, it's me. Bish, you were thinking, how is it that we're going to go three minutes into an episode straight into an ad break? I didn't calculate this properly. But you know what? What I am going to say is this. We are actually going to be talking about a few other games this episode. So expect Onichambara as well as Near Replicant with all those little numbers at the end of it. So yeah, we're going to go straight back to Jacob. And welcome back. Now, as I mentioned, we're going to be diving further into the difference between the remakes and the original. Now, if you play the original, you might be wondering what's new apart from the graphics. Well, girl, let me tell you, let me fill your anger. First of all, one of my favorite features, and I know this might just be a me thing, but we got autosave. Like, finally, I'm the type of player who will literally save 20 times before, I don't know, encountering a boss or going to a new place in a video game because I just want to make sure that when I die, I when I die, <laughs> you know, when there's like a game over moment, let's just say that, I return to the point where I left off. And with autosave, you don't really have to worry about that because the game saves automatically. What else can I explain here? And if you were out in the wild catching Pokemon and you had a Pokemon that was defeated in battle or you had Pokemon that were poisoned or something and you wanted to change them with the Pokemon that you have saved in the boxes on your um, Pokemon PC, the Pokemon center, you can just do that. You can do that on the fly. You don't have to literally, literally, you don't have to go to the Pokemon Center. You can just access your Pokemon boxes at any point in the game. As you might already know, there's a certain point in the game where you have to like, I don't know, break a rock or cut like a tree up or something because it blocks the way. You would usually need to have a Pokemon in your party that has a certain move that will get rid of these obstacles. But now, all you need is the move itself. You don't need to have any Pokemon that had those moves taught in your team. You can literally just apply them those moves at any point in time. No questions asked, you can just apply them. And you can break rocks, you can move huge stones. You can get rid of all the obstacles in your way without any big trouble. So that is honestly also something where I was like, wow. Like, I was, I was not prepared for that. I was like, are you for real? Am I, as the trainer, doing all this work instead of the Pokemon that are like probably like two tons heavier than me and three meters high? You know what I'm talking about. Probably. Probably. And if you are one of those people who love to level up your characters all the way to level 100 before you fight literally anybody in the game, you will be in the light to hear that if you win a battle, all of the Pokemon in your party get experience points, regardless of if they actually participate in a battle or not. And more than the hidden move things, like with uh, getting rid of obstacles, or access to Pokemon PCs anywhere. I was like, okay, this is great because I don't have to worry about the fact that my favorite Pokemon that's like sitting in the backseat because it's poisoned or something doesn't get any XP. One feature that is new to this game, a 
or more like to this gen, but has been in games before, as in is your Pokemon following you. So you can have your favorite Pokemon just following it, following you around anywhere and you can interact with it. You can basically really like pet it or like do anything that increases your friendship with them. It's kind of like going on a walk with your little friend, like your little best friend and your favorite Pokemon. <laughs> And if you remember the underground feature from the original uh, Pokemon Diamond and Pearl games, rather than just once again putting the same thing into the remake, the feature has been expanded. So if you remember, you can just run around in the underground and maybe find some things on the ground, but that was about it. Like, you could also like have your own little base and like side entrance, uh, so to speak. But in Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, you can also actually encounter wild Pokemon in the underground. To me personally, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl are solid remakes. Like, there is, for me, there is no doubt about that. There's not really much for me to criticize. Maybe, if anything, I'm not sure if I'm hallucinating, but I feel like Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl feel a lot more difficult than the original games. I don't know if I was just way better at playing Pokemon when I was uh, little and those games came out. <laughs> Or I'm just plain wrong, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> There's actually one thing that I do have to talk about, and this, that once again, is just me personally. And I also forgot to mention that in the original Diamond and Pearl games, you did not have any type of character customization. And it's like, you only have preset costumes available. Not only that, but I also feel like in Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, I feel like costumes were, again, this is just, this is just me expressing my opinion, but I feel like in the remakes that alone, like the feature of customization was introduced way too late because you need to get as far as like third or fourth gym badge or something. And then after like you're almost done with your gym badges, then you get to like customize your appearance. I know that there's a lot of people who love it as well. And I'm just like... I would have expected it to be a bit earlier than that. Again, this is just my point of view, but I feel like if you're gonna introduce something like that or reintroduce it, maybe put it at an earlier date so that by the time you're like halfway done with the game, you were able to enjoy new visual appearance for your character. And before we enter the last and final segment of this episode, we are going to take yet another ad break. I promise you guys, this is the last one. Hello, it's me again from the other side, I guess. Jacob didn't say that that was the final segment. I told you before that it isn't. So who are you going to trust? You're going to trust me? You're going to trust Jacob? Remember, Jacob was the guy that stole the stay sexy away from me. Obviously, you guys haven't heard that kunai episode yet, but he's a thief. Okay, he stole my right. Joe was supposed to give me that inheritance of the stay sexy, but they gave it away to Jacob. I don't appreciate that. I'm a bit butthurt, but you know what? Because I'm butthurt, we're not gonna go to another ad break. In fact, we're not even gonna go to the first ad break. We are gonna let Jacob finish, and then if he says stay sexy, I'm gonna cut it out, and then I'm gonna say it at the end of this episode, because I'm worth it, I deserve it. I'm stealing the stay sexy. Even if Joe tells me no, Joe can't stop me. This is my podcast. I'm kind of afraid of Joe, actually, because that's their thing, the stay sexy, and I'm stealing it. I shouldn't really be doing that. And to be honest, that's a kunai thing. So if you wanna hear stay sexy, I guess you gotta listen to kunai. Anyways, back onto the episode. And we're back, welcome back guys it's been so long since we talked right like i don't know must have been years now anywho we are going to be talking about the future of pokemon i know that probably sounded a bit more dramatic than it was supposed to but it's okay 
it's me. It's me we're talking about here. I mean, um, not really. It's me talking. <laughs> Anyways, now what comes after Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl? Most of you probably already know, but we've got the new Pokemon Legends Arceus game coming out. Actually, by the time of this recording, it's out. Like, it literally comes out today. It came out today. I don't know. I don't know which tense is the right one here. But you get what I'm talking about. And compared to other Pokemon games, Pokemon Legends Arceus does not actually take place in a time where you have gym leaders and stuff like that. But instead, it's more of an open world game, similar to Pokemon uh, Sword and Shield. And the game is set in the Sinnoh region, just like Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. In this era though, it's still referred to as the Hisui region. The story revolves around your hunt for Arceus, because of strange occurrences happening in the Hisui region. And you set out to find out what exactly is going on in this house. What exactly is going on here, girl? Like, you know, it'd be like that. Expl explorations be like that, man. Two games you'll probably be reminded of playing this will most likely be uh, either the Monster Hunter games, but also The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Just like Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, Pokemon Legends Arceus is also on Nintendo Switch. In overall conclusion, I would definitely recommend Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl to all the Pokemon fans out there. Even though the game may have certain flaws or changes that were made to the game, I would call these two solid remakes of some really amazing Pokemon games. To be honest with you, Diamond and, and Pearl or um, I also played Platinum. Uh, that was actually one of my favorite gens of all time. And I was not disappointed when I played the remakes. I really enjoyed it. I really have to admit that. This was Galp's review for Pokemon Brilliant, Diamond, and Shining Pearl. Out now on Nintendo Switch. Once again, thank you so much to Pokemon Company and Nintendo for providing us with the review code. We truly appreciate it and we are super, super grateful. Thank you guys so much. And thank you guys for being the wonderful listeners that you always are. And I will head out and you will see or hear me next time whenever I'm going to be on. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Stay sexy. See, thank you, Jacob, for that review. I actually quite enjoyed it. I'm actually editing while recording this. Really weird. But you know what? That was an illegal stay sexy. I don't appreciate that. First of all, Jacob... That Stay Sexy wasn't on Kunai, so it's not canon, and Joe will agree. Secondly, Joe did not authorize that Stay Sexy, okay? You just stole a Stay Sexy, and I don't, I don't like that. I'm leaving it in there so people know about your crimes, okay? I'm a bit annoyed, but you know what? We're going to go on a little bit of an ad break now. See, I'm the one that calls in the ad breaks, Jacob. I'm the one in control, just remember that. I'm, I'm acting, by the way. This is a, probably very poor acting, but you know what I mean. We're going to go on an ad break. When we return... We're going to talk about Onechanbara on the PlayStation 4. So enjoy your ads. This episode of 
the podcast is brought to you by Crunchyroll. Crunchyroll, the most epic anime service out there. Got all your favorite shows, Naruto Shippuden. It's got all of Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Super, Dragon Ball GT, if you're into that. It's got everything. Because you know what? Crunchyroll has just taken it to the next level with the largest anime library in the world. So if you want to get a 14-day free trial, go to getalivepodcast.com forward slash Crunchyroll. Use our link. It does help us out a lot. Remember, when you support Crunchyroll, you are supporting us. Crunchyroll.com forward slash Kunai or getlifepodcast.com forward slash Crunchyroll. Whichever link you use is going to be the same. It's going to work just as great. So get yourself that 14-day free trial of Crunchyroll Premium without ads, full HD. Whether you want to watch anime subbed, dubbed in all these different languages, German, English, French, Spanish, Portuguese, even Arabic subtitles. Crunchyroll.com forward slash kunai. That is crunchyroll.com forward slash K-U-N-A-I. Hang on a minute, there's another ad. Do you like candy? I'm sure you do, because I haven't met anyone that doesn't. Do you like Japan and do you like candy? Well, you're listening to a Japanese gaming and or anime podcast, so I'm pretty sure you love Japanese snacks. Whether you like Kit Kats, Pocky, Japanese ramune... If you like all of that, you know where you can get it easily? Japan Crate. Japan Crate offers the unique experience of Japan through monthly crates filled with candy. Japan Crate gives you a delicious selection of snacks each month. You can cancel anytime, but you know what? I don't know why you'd want to. Learn more at getalifepodcast.com forward slash Japan Crate. Remember to use the code GALP for $3 off all new subscriptions, even for other Japan Crate subs like Inku Crate, like Umai Crate, anything that Japan Crate does. So that is getalifepodcast.com forward slash J-A-P-A-N-C-R-A-T-E. Use the code G-A-L-P for $3 off. Back to you, Bish, on the episode. Oh, that's a bit weird. I'm handing it over to myself. But you know what I mean. Enjoy the rest of the episode, guys. Okay, I've never played Oni Chambara before the release of Origin, so I really wasn't so sure what to think about it. There's a lot of reviews online, and to be honest with you, they are very, very, very inaccurate. And I can only assume that's because this game is a complete remake. It's not a remaster of the games that never got a release in North America. So hopefully this review roundup clears up a lot of the misconceptions that I found for this game online. So let's get some backstory. Oni Chambara is a hack and slash game similar to games like Senran Kagura or maybe Bayonetta I would say and it was introduced to the Japanese market and European markets in 2004 for the PlayStation 2 and I love PlayStation 2 it's one of my favorite consoles in Europe these games were not known as Onichambara they were known as Zombie Hunters and Zombie Zone respectively so I believe Zombie Zone was Onichambara 1 Zombie Hunters was Onichambara 2 and Onichambara Origin retells the story of Zombie Zone and Zombie Hunters so 1 and 2 D3 publisher included them in their simple 2000 series basically the simple 2000 series were games that were inexpensive to make and they were called simple 2000 because they cost only 2000 japanese yen so around 20 dollars at the time of release although back in 2004 20 dollars was a lot of money let's be real although for the games at the time it would have been quite cheaper onichambara was a really budget series especially the first game first onichambara game took an hour and a half to complete and it had six stages 
so you can tell how budget it was. Onichan Bara Origin combines both games into one fluid pack. The transition between the games is done very tastefully and it's incredibly fluid as I mentioned. I didn't notice it at all when playing that the second game story had started and you really know you're in the second game story once you can play as Saki. There are several changes between Onichan Bara Origin and Zombie Zone slash Zombie Hunters. For some reason a lot of people seem to have the idea that assets are being reused from a 2004 PS2 game and simply I just want to clear up this misconception that is not the case. Everything within Onichanbara Origin has been built from the ground up that includes textures, animations, map design, voice acting. I'm incredibly happy to see that V3 Publisher has decided to support multiple languages. It's really rare to see games that get more than just a Japanese voiceover. So we have English, Chinese, Korean, all of these language options are supported. And I must say these qualities of the dubs are really superb and they really help to further build the personalities of Aya, Saki and Rei. However, there is one issue that I found with localization and it's the fact that their mouth movements aren't properly synced with the voiceover. Often characters will still move their lips even after a voice line is completed. That's pretty much in the English voices. This doesn't occur with the other three dubs. So if you're, you're playing the game in Korean, Japanese or in Chinese, the lip flap syncing is perfectly synced. I must say also this textures in this game aren't the best but somehow works and it makes me feel oddly nostalgic for an early hack and slash game of that era you know those early ps2 games it kind of reminds me of that map design has changed to modernize the game a little bit for example in the original zombie zone slash zombie hunters enemies would drop keys which you can use to progress to the next part of the stage also you would go into a room only to find that zombies just chilling almost waiting for your arrival in the original in the remake zombies spawn properly from the ground from graves or from boarded up windows like other zombie games. It's a small detail that makes a big difference in terms of overall immersion. I do also want to say another thing about the voices in this game. The original Onichambara, and this is this is one thing that really annoyed me when people were talking about the dubs were being reused from the original game. The original Onichambara, bear in mind this game never had an American release. When Onichambara was released in Europe, it never got any sort of dub. It only had subtitles and not even that. It was like a sub title at the beginning to tell you what happened in that stage and that was it. The Japanese game actually had cutscenes and voice acting so just so you guys know I just wanted to make that known there. Katsumi Inami and the team had done an excellent job redesigning these characters in a new refreshing anime art style while keeping the essence of their original designs alive. I'm not surprised at how beautiful the key art and character designs are considering Inami Sensei did the illustrations and character designs for anime such as Bakana. Old enemy types do return for those people that enjoyed the original Zombie Hunters including a few new boss battles that were never featured in the original PS2 release. I'd imagine that a lot of the features would have been overlooked because of the lack of Zombie Zone release in North America so that's another thing that I really wanted to bring out there. Speaking of boss battles, they're really fantastic. Although at times they are incredibly repetitive and they truly get really interesting once you've experienced the second half of the game. So when you experience a story from Onichambara 2, that's when they get really, really exciting. The game itself doesn't have a dedicated block button like most hack and slash games, although you can dodge and parry attacks. Dodging attacks at the right time fills your special meter and gives you a pretty sweet 
slow motion animation akin to the Matrix, kind of like bullet time. In my experience, these are incredibly simple to carry out, however, parrying does require a lot more skill. If you can parry successfully, then you can perform a cool finisher that eliminates the enemy in a single strike. Pretty OP. Parrying is pretty important in this game as some enemies can't be defeated from regular attacks and they only need cool finishers to get them defeated and you can also defeat them whilst in ecstatic mode. Parrying can break defenses and give you a much needed window of attack in boss battles, which is always great. It's always fantastic and I like that. Battle mechanics overall are very interesting. When you attack for a long period, you build up blood on your weapon. So once your weapon is fully bloody, you won't be able to deal as much damage. So it's very important in this game specifically to clean your weapon every once in a while by quote unquote reloading. Never have I seen a hack and slash that makes you weaker the more you play. And it adds a level of much needed complexity to the genre. This is something that I really want to see in hack and slash games. And I'm glad Onichambara did this. In addition to that, the blood splatters on your body results in different transformations known as berserk and ecstatic mode where you deal more damage with increased attack speed and whilst in ecstatic mode your attack is further buffed but however you must keep dealing damage otherwise your hp dramatically drains it's kind of like vampirism right which is another feature that i really like in this game like you can't just be op all the time the game punishes you for playing it like a normal hack and slash and i love that and well once again it's something that i'd like to see in future hack and slash games halfway through the game you gain access not only to saki but additional weapons for both you and saki so saki's moveset is a lot slower than aya but provides a lot of damage which can be a blessing and a curse in boss battles i do enjoy the various game and anime references that are integrated into her hand-to-hand -hand combat moveset it seems as though the developers at tamsoft are big fans of fists of the north star and Street Fighter. As it stands, only Aya, Saki and Rei can be deployed in battle, which is a bit unfortunate. Rei can be unlocked once you complete the story and survive 100 rounds in the infinite survival mode. It's a grind and it takes one to three hours just to unlock her. Alternatively, you can play three pounds for an instant unlock, but what is the fun in that? And it is disappointing to see that not all of the characters featured in this game are playable. It would have been nice to be able to play as Ansu, Sayaka, Oboro, or even Eva. Right, considering that their movesets and their character animations are already in there, you can train against them in the training mode. Maybe having them as unlockable characters would have been an additional incentive to replay the game on a harder difficulty or a new game plus. Truly, it was exciting to see Anzu and Sayaka returning from Onechanbara Z to Chaos, but part of me wants to see more of the wackier characters return from Zombie Hunters. Characters like Hana and Kiku and Riho and Makoto. You know, Riho is a character from Demolition Girl serving as the official mascot for D3 publisher, you know, and it would have been a nice homage to d3 in general right but you'll be pleased to know that riho is referenced in dlc weapons along with amane and setsu who are characters from dream 12. all in all this game is truly fantastic and i really recommend it to anyone who's a fan of hack and slash games if you love games like ninja gaiden if you love games like bayonetta if you love games like any muso game in general or even senran kagura even 
anime games in general. If you really love anime games, you're gonna love this game. And I'm looking forward to what D3 Publisher and Tamsoft do next with the future of this series, especially with this new art style and improved story. We're gonna take a little bit of a break. When we come back, we are gonna be talking about another hack and slash game. This this review roundup is pretty much all about hack and slash games today. Um, we will return with the review for Near Replicant. So we are gonna go over to Jacob. See you on the flip side. Damn, bish. Back at it again with more ads. If you're not a big fan of ads, you know what you can do? Subscribe to our Patreon page in which you pay £5 a month or $7 thereabouts a month for early access content on Kunai as well as ad-free episodes of Gap. Isn't that amazing? Sure is, bish. Sure is. So if you want all of that and you don't want to listen to ads anymore, get yourself over to patreon.com forward slash Podcast and sub. That's all it is, guys. Just sub. You help us out a lot. It does help us produce the best show that we can do. That's that's patreon.com forward slash get a live podcast. Become a patron today. If you don't want to pay monthly, then consider leaving us a tip on coffee. That is ko-fi.com forward slash get life podcast you can leave us a one-time donation there all of this kind of stuff goes back into the podcast and we really do appreciate your support so consider supporting us either on coffee or on patreon thanks guys i guess there's one more ad for the episode so you better enjoy it because we're talking about jlist you're like bish what is jlist well let me tell you jlist brings you the latest otaku goods from japan whether it's manga anime cosplay import games visual novels even etchy stuff jlist has got you covered learn more at getalifepodcast.com forward slash jlist that is getalifepodcast.com forward slash j l i s t remember to use our link and the code galp for five percent off your first purchase on jlist that is g a l p for five percent off your first purchase on jlist and you know what JList has got some really cool stuff. They've got the Oppai mouse pads. They've got new photo books from Japan. They've got figurines, Genshin stuff. They've got VTuber stuff. They've got Dojinshi. Anything you want, it's on JList. Imagine JList as Alibaba's cave, but for Japanese goods. There you go. All the more reason to support the show and to consider using JList for your next Japanese import purchases. That is getalifepodcast.com forward slash JList. Thanks, JList, for sponsoring in the podcast. Anyway, I think it's time to go back to the episode, shall we? We shall. Enjoy. And welcome back from a short break and Bish's first segment. This is me, Jacob, your favorite host, back once again for another review segment roundup episode all that we're going to be talking about near replicant version 1.224 something something it's a really long number with lots of digits and i'm not going to say all of them each time so you know I'm gonna keep it like that. I'm gonna keep it fair to you guys because we're not doing like pie stuff here. Okay. Nier is basically the prequel to Nier Automata. In the West, it's called Nier, nothing but Nier. But two different versions were released in Japan. One of them was called Nier Gestalt and the other one was called Nier Replicant, aka the one that we have now newly released or re-released in this case. Now you might be wondering, what is the difference between Gestalt and Replicant? I'm gonna tell you. You. don't worry I got you honey so to give you a little overview of 
just a bit of the story of Nier in general. You have your little sister Yona, and she's sick. Well, I'm like I'm not saying like she's got a cold. I'm saying she's got this seemingly incurable disease that's called the Black Scrawl. And you play as her dad or her brother. It depends on which version you're playing. That's why I'm saying Nier Replicant has you playing as the brother, while Nier Gestalt is the one where you play as her dad. In the West, however, we only only got near. That's all we got. We didn't have Gestalt or Replicant. We only had near. And we actually got the version where you play as her dad. But now Replicant brought us as the remaster slash remake the version with her brother. There's not really that much difference to it in the first place because the content was just um, customized so it, you know, it fits either narrative. So as I've mentioned before, you are actively trying to help your little sister. This is going to be focusing on the newly released version. I'm not going to be talking about, I'm going to call it Daddy Near and Brother Near, okay? We're not talking about Daddy Near game here. We're talking about Brother Near here. So our protagonist's main goal is of course helping your little sister. That's good and all. You take on dozens of quests of missions. Like you do anything to get money and like try and help find a cure for a little for your little sister. Bear in mind, I'm not going to go too deeply into this story because I want to avoid spoilers as much as possible. So of course, near Automata and near Replicant go in hand in hand together since you know prequel, sequel, whatever. Which is also why the gameplay is very similar to one another. I mean, I mean, it makes sense, right? So it's basically like hack and slash themed, if that's the right word. And if you compare Replicant, aka this remaster, to the firstly released version, which was I think for the PS3 and Xbox 360, it was drastically improved. Like it was basically, they improved it so that players who first played Automata can actually get into Replicant. I can safely tell you, I have actually played Nier before Automata initially. I can see how they managed to do that. I, I don't know how to really put it into words. It's definitely way more refined, it's way more updated, and also something that people have I think have had mixed feeling towards were or was auto mode, which is like basically your character automatically fights um, the enemy. I guess that's um, fun to some. I I'm not going to judge anyone who's going to use it because I'm like, if you're going to use it, then who am I to judge you or who am I, who am I going to like say that you're in a wrong, you know, you play, you play games your way and that's the point. But I have not tried it myself, mainly because I'm in it for both the story and the gameplay. I'm a huge hack and slash person myself. So your usual enemies will be these so-called shades, which seem to be monsters that roam the land and just randomly attack people. Uh, once again, I'm not going to go into deep who they are or what they do. Just view them as your average enemy. Of course, there's gonna be, you know, difference in size. There's gonna be little shades. There's gonna be huge ass shades of taking the form of a fucking bird. But those are your main, like, antagonists in this game or I guess enemies. And you will encounter them pretty much everywhere or like nearly everywhere. Of course, to defeat them, you need weapons, right? So you have like normal swords, you have like great swords, you have magic as well. And what they didn't have in the original Nier Gestalt and Replicant, which they 
actually brought back for Nier Automata, which was also actually, if you don't know, Nier in general, like the series, is a spin-off, I think. It's a spin-off for one of the endings in the game Drakengard, which is also a different story, but I'm, I'm, I feel like it's worth mentioning in case you didn't know. So to go back to weapons, they brought weapon stories back for Nier Replicant. And to unlock stories of your weapons, you basically use them a lot, which is, it kind of serves as a gateway to getting more acquainted with the lore of the weapons you use. Of course, it's up to you how relevant that is to you or how big of importance it is to you. But Again, up to you. And of course, what would a remaster or remake be without updated visuals, right? Or updated content. Near Replicant has brought us all the charming environments and lands, all that, all the landscapes, everything in complete HD. The frame rates are amazing. It, I think it runs at 60 FPS and it's really nice to look at. I'm not gonna lie. I feel like near itself, like the PS3 versions or like PS3 and Xbox versions already weren't that bad. But like, of course, if you look at both in comparison, it makes such a big difference. And not also, did they update graphics they also updated the voice cast and the soundtrack so there are certain games that had like remastered music but it was like newly composed and you kind of didn't get that classic feeling from it because it was like there's something missing there like it's not the same experience as, as you've played the game initially on ps2 and then the remaster came out for ps3 and you were like this feels like a different experience and i'm not into it well for Nier Replicant, they basically worked on making it sound better, but still sounding very authentic, which is something I find really amazing. Like they were like, yeah, let's let's redo it, but let's not ruin, let's not take the initial experience away from the players who have who have probably played this game at least once or twice in the past before. Because Nier, I'm not gonna lie, Nier is one of those games that you just have to replay. That's all I'm going to say. As I've already mentioned, Near Replicant has also brought us an updated voice cast. I think pretty much most of the voice actors are the same, however, Replicant brought us a fully voiced dialogues in, I think, every situation that you can be in. Like most, if not every NPC will have their own voice, which is nowadays, I think, not that common anymore, but it's, I guess it's fun. But of course, the most significant change is that now you play as Yona's brother, and if you play Genshin Impact, you might recognize him as the voice actor for either um, Zack Aguilar in English. But that is only if you play it in English, of course, because Neo Replicant does come with dual audio. For everyone who wonders if it does or just prefers Japanese um, dubs in general, some other new stuff that Replicant comes with are new scenarios, like new story content, and I think a new dungeon as well. And... Of course, since it's current gen, it has DLC. However, the DLC that we got at launch was free. I think it's still free and I don't know if, if they're ever gonna charge the players for it. It's actually Yorha themed like for from Nier Automata and comes with like costumes of 2B and 
I think and 9s as well. So they did give us some um, ability to customize our characters as well, which is to me really fun. I always love like cosmetic customizations, all that kind of stuff. I'm not sure how or if they're going to make any new DLC in the future. It would be probably nice to see as long as it's well, of course, free or um available at a decent price. As somebody who has played the original Nier, and I mean Nier Gestalt with a Daddy Nier, Nier Automata, and of course this one, I honestly have to say that they did an amazing job with Replicant, as in with this remake slash remaster. It's kind of both, you know, it's kind of they worked on some new stuff while at the same time making sure that the existing components are just upgraded for current gen consoles. I would also be lying if I said I didn't want a remake or a remaster for the original Nier because quite honestly um, Nier has kind of won a special place in my heart. I feel like I've seen people being a bit disheartened by the fact that now you are only able to play as brother Nier and not daddy Nier because you know it's we never had the opportunity to play as both until this year and I've, I think that daddy Nier I that's honestly that's how I call him all the time. He's he's just like he's grown on everyone's hearts in the West for everyone who hasn't played Replicant or imported it and some people really do, didn't like like just like the fact that you couldn't play as him anymore which is also not 100% true because you can like play additional content like DLC of course but or like non -re not related to the story you can play like challenges as Daddy Nier but that's of course yet another story that I think you should just be told yourself by playing the game so he doesn't really have any significance in the replicant however I feel like just judging from that criteria alone of like being or actually not being able to play as that in here kind of takes the opportunity from you to actually play this game you know to like play and try out all these differences that the remake slash remaster brought because i'm not going to lie i feel like this is this is what a Remaster slash remake should be. It should be original content that is updated for newer console generations or newer newer gaming platforms. And they executed that perfectly, in my opinion. They added extra stuff because they knew that they would please the audience that way and exceed their expectations in a way because I think that some people go, okay, well, this is just, you know, it's the same game, but it's on newer systems. And I already have this game on older systems, so why should I get it? Of course, it's completely up to you if you get it. But I feel like if you have played the original Nier and you've liked it a lot the same way I did, regardless of whether you are biased towards Daddy Nier or not, I feel like this remaster is 100% worth it. Try it out, like, I feel like you would really miss out on it. You, because especially especially if you have played Automata and you've enjoyed it as well. If you have, if you really liked Automata, then you will like Replicant as well. I'm not going to lie to you. That is 100% fact in my opinion. <laughs> Nier is one of those games where you cannot really give too much detail because otherwise you probably ruin the story and ruin what the game does to the players. Like everything that 
new encompasses cannot be really explained unless you play it. That's why I'm not giving you too much insight on what the story is about. I, I give like the basic point of it, and I, I feel like that's that's honestly that should be enough because I really do think that if you're listening to this, honestly, I can a hundred percent encourage you play this game, play this remaster. If you want to go back to playing the original, go ahead. I'm pretty sure you can find the original near on Amazon or other places. Um, I'm not sure. I don't think the game is still being produced anymore because it has been 10 years since, or like 11 years since its original release date. So, and of course, I'm not. I'm not even sure if PS3 games are even developed anymore these days. But that's besides the point. What I'm trying to say is, um, if you have the opportunity to play near replicant trust me when i tell you that you 100% should give it a try if your friend has it and they're like well do you want to borrow it then borrow that game borrow it and like play the shit out of it because near replicant is such a good remake or remaster i can only recommend it to you you have no idea how much i love i have for this game okay so i know i'm gushing a bit i know i'm sounding like a fanboy I should probably be on a neutral stance here, but that is 100% my opinion. I feel like there's not really much else to say. Um, Yoko Taro and Platinum Games and the original developer team, they did such an amazing work with this. I am legit impressed. I would truly recommend this game to everybody. If you're, if you're completely new to Nier, this is where you should start. In my opinion, this is where you should start playing this. I don't think that you need to have played Drakengard before because, of course, Nier is a spin-off to it. However, I myself have not really played Drakengard. I've tried it once and I've only tried it at a friend's place once and that was it. But you do not need to play to completely understand it, I think. So don't um, go, well, I haven't played it, so why should I, you know, play this if I don't understand it? Just rest assured that you will 100% understand what's going on, most of the time at least. <laughs> Nier is a very big series and it has a huge universe and it often leaves you, leaves you with more questions than answers. And that's just its charm. It's that's just how it is. I cannot emphasize how amazing this remake slash remaster is. And quite honestly, I also want to thank Square Enix and Toy Logic and also Platinum Games for giving me the opportunity to play this. I am extremely grateful. And if you want to give it a try as well, you can get it now on PS4, Xbox One, and Steam. Once again, I can only 100% give this game billions of thumbs up. This is legit one of the best games I've played this year. Even if it hasn't been like an entirely new game, it's a remaster, but I stand by my word, this is one of the best works this year. Thank you for tuning in once again. This was the segment for Near Replicant versus 1.2 something something. And right after this ad break, we will have Bish back once again. I'll see you soon. Bye. And yeah, we will see Jacob soon because you know what? Well, there are going to be future episodes with Jacob, so you're going to see him soon. You'll see him on Kunai as well because we did a Jujutsu Kaisen episode with Jacob. I think one of my favorite episodes of Kunai so far because we talked about Gojo. Anyway, that's besides the point because I know not everyone likes Jujutsu Kaisen and this is a gaming podcast, not an anime one. Speaking of gaming, I just wanted to thank Square Enix, D3 Publisher and the Pokemon Company and Nintendo for providing codes for this review 
new roundup. In addition to that, big thanks to our sponsors Crunchyroll, JList and Japan Crate and big thanks to the patrons on Patreon because you guys are supporting the show directly. We really do appreciate that. If you want to join our Patreon and become a patron, I think for only £5 a month or $7 a month, join at patreon.com forward slash get life podcast. I know I was going to say the stay sexy, but I felt no, I can't. I can't do that to Joe by, you know, saying the illegal stay sexy. I can't do that. Okay. I love them too much to steal it from them. Okay. That being said, I love you guys and stick around for the next episode because this is kind of weird and it's never been done before. I've been doing an episode every single day until today. So I think in the last three days, there's been an episode of Gal and this is the fourth. So enjoy all of these episodes, guys. Enjoy them, savor them, love them. Anyway, bye bye.